It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? What's going on? What is happening? Welcome back to Lax Class. Glad you joined us for another lacrosse classified here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we're set to bring you EP 152. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick back for another week. Uh, President, owner, general manager of the Toronto Rock back in the co-host chair. Jamie, uh, I'm recording here on another Monday, and uh, it's a little unfortunate that sometimes, I mentioned this last week, that we record on Mondays because uh, oftentimes the league likes to break their news on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And uh, another team just happened to do that as well, which we'll talk about here in in a couple of minutes. But uh, welcome back to the pod. Raiders, Chargers tonight. Uh, Who's the smart money on here? Just looking at that, I think you got to like the Chargers tonight. Uh, You know, they're at home. I think they're similar teams. Well, underdog, right? They're the underdog tonight. No, they're the favorite. Are they? Three-point favorite. Uh, you know, are the Raiders a 4-0 team? This is where we start to see what these teams week really are. Week four, like, right? Like, week four is I when I said you about to... the Broncos last week. Yeah. I was worried that what happened was what I was worried was going to happen. Barrage, and, uh, yeah. You know, we start to see who's... I think the Chargers are the better team. They're playing at home. I like the Chargers. Okay. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, we'll see how it plays out tonight. Uh, well, you'll hear this tomorrow. So you'll know whether Jamie uh, got it done or what a fantasy. How are the picks this weekend? Uh, how, how are things going on that front? Well, it looks like one and two weekend in my fantasy outings. First losing weekend, but my one win. Gets Who'd you lose to? Court. Who'd you lose to? Uh, who did I lose to? I lost Dan T. I mean, Dan T doesn't even know what fantasy football is. And I think my record against him is one in 10 over the years. So, uh, he's, he's my nemesis. Yeah. 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 I think he made his first waiver wire move in five years the other day. So that tells you how much he's into it. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably Nikki that did the, it for in, him too. In the other league, I think the family feud, we're in with another, their family i think i lost to my buddy's wife so okay but my big league my big league where i'm uh you know where my number one priority right. on the four and oh okay doubled up Ro- rosie and homer oh. the smackdown on them he's picking too many Steelers, yeah. probably oh he's got way too many Steelers, man okay. <laughs> yeah no it's Not good. good and Not good. uh no complaints there. Nicely done, man. Well, uh, I actually got to call a couple football games this weekend. Uh, got asked uh, to come out to UBC and, and call some Canada West football, which was my first experience doing that. I was riding shotgun uh, for the U.S. Saskatchewan Huskies taking on Thunderbirds. So that was a lot of fun. I got to kind of say goodbye to, to Saskatchewan uh, over over the airwaves as I was, you know, a lot of people are, are watching the Huskies, same people are watching the Rush, that sort of thing. So so that was kind of neat. And then uh, my Langley Rams 
move to 4-0 with another convincing victory as uh, they look to be one of the best junior teams in the country as well. So good to get back in into to the broadcast chair. It was uh, you know kind of the first uh, time back doing that. I didn't get a chance to do that a couple of weeks ago after the, the hip and all that. But I'm literally like, I think I'm going to make it through this show sweat-free today, Jamie. I, I'm sitting wow. in a normal chair just with a couple of cushions propped up a little bit. But I went for uh, like a solid half an hour walk today. No cane, no nothing. Did some stairs. So it's oh. like it's incredible week to week how much improvement you get. Or if, you know, I, like I, I think it probably depends how much you, you kind of push yourself too. But um, feeling pretty good, man. So so I'm happy. Good, man. I'm happy about that. And I'm also pretty happy. I don't know if you saw the news or not, Jimmy, but uh, I'm, I'm coming home. Next season, as uh, I, I was kind of regretting the fact that we recorded on Monday, not only because of the the NLL schedule, but the the Warriors decided to drop some news on on the Tuesday just before the pod came out as well. Big news, buddy! Congratulations! I know how much uh, you know Vancouver means to you and the Vancouver lacrosse community, and you get to call games in your backyard. And I know you loved your time in Sask and all that. We've talked about that. Yeah. And, you know, what a great place to call games. But home is home, and, and everyone understands that. And I know Brad's your boy, even though I've kind of kicked him out of the podcast here. Uh, maybe <laughs> He's maybe okay. He He's actually me. enjoying the time off, Jamie. Is so, he liking yeah. it? Yeah. All right. He All right. So well, he, he, uh, and, he's on uh, hiatus. Yeah, he's on hiatus. So you're, you're around as I'm, well. I'm a, I'm happy for you, man. I know I know what it means to you. So I, they made a great choice, and you do a great job, and and good for Vancouver finally, uh, you know, getting that right. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, it. Like I could, you know, say the politically correct thing and say it was a tough decision leaving Saskatchewan and all the rest of it. It really wasn't. Um, you know, I like you said, I loved calling games in Sask and working with Ryan and Daniela was was fantastic and rush nation. Uh, some of the greatest people that, that I've met there, but there's no place like home. And I really want to get back into the, to the play by play chair and to get to work with Brad. And of course the talented Chantel Chan, of course. And, and, you know, to, to work for Canuck sports and get entertainment, to, get to see the rock this year. Buddy. Yeah. Toronto coming to town. We're going to talk about that here coming up uh, as yeah. well, but just yeah, uh, thanks to to CSE and, and Dan and, and Colby Falker and and Dave Sheldon and everybody for uh, for bringing me back and and you know it, pandemic changed a lot of things in in the world and and this was just kind of a byproduct of it. We we started to talk a little bit more and more to Dan and I and and uh, I laid it out to him, man. Like this is where I want to be and and this is why I want to be here. And uh, thankfully things things came together. So I'm super excited about all that and and i'm super excited about this program but we are going to talk to john lintz in quarter number two talking all things edmonton box lacrosse and i never had john lintz on the program i don't think uh i don't maybe maybe i should correct myself on that back when he was with the stealth i'm not positive but i've never had him on lax class maybe stealth classified but definitely never lax class and, and i'm looking forward to a great conversation with John Lintz in quarter number two. Quick sticks, of course, in quarter three. Stampede Stallion of the Week in quarter four. My selection this week, Jamie, and, I, and I've, I, I'm torn on this because I could either give you like super vague clues and draw it out 
and and make you work for it like you probably like I could probably make you not be able to get but then I could also just give you like one clue and and bet you could guess it in one clue so I don't really know oh uh, I think it should go somewhere in the middle okay yeah that's the tricky part that's the tricky part. Well, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's coming up in quarter number four, Stampede Stallion of the Week. And here in quarter number one, we like to do a little thing called the Big Focus. Big Focus. Big Focus. Focus. Another than the Big Focus. Focus. Big Focus. Big Focus. Big focus this week, Jamie Dowick, is, uh, like I mentioned, the NLL schedule. We've been teasing this thing, wondering, waiting, wanting. It's finally here. The NLL schedule has dropped on us all. Please uh, digest accordingly. Give me, well, let's start with Toronto. Uh, you mentioned it, coming to Vancouver. I think that's your only trip west all year long. But uh, as a whole, you were pretty excited about the the you know, the dates and the possibilities being the number one tenant now in Hamilton for your Toronto rock. What do you think of your schedule? Yeah, it's uh, awesome. I mean, uh, you know, we have nine home Saturday night dates and, you know, are you the only out. team that's got nine home Saturdays? I'm, I'm not sure about that, Man. Um, to be honest with you, but you know, not only nine home Saturdays, like, you know, spaced out almost like, every, every other week so yeah. we're not asking people to come two three weeks in a row so um you know we we've really got the best schedule i've seen you know as far as that goes since i've owned the team and and we're super super excited about that um uh, you know the teams we play are the teams we play mostly the east division uh, which i'm a big fan of you know you're playing the you know 16 of our 18 games are against teams in our division so no excuses at the end of the year as far as, you know, you control your own destiny and your own division. So it's all in front of you to take care of business yourself. And, and yeah, it's go to Vancouver, which is great for our team because we got a lot of, you know, not only a lot of key players, but a lot of players from Vancouver on our team. And we love to go out there and it's a great place to go and visit. And I think we're going in March and, you know, it's just perfect. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're super excited about the schedule. I think most teams, you know, are pretty excited about it. I don't think there's a lot of back-to-backs. And for the people that live in their team's markets or area, I think travel is going to be reduced for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, if you live out west and you're traveling east or vice versa, that's not the case. But, no, I, I think it's great. Can't wait. We'll be here before we know it. Yeah, we'll we'll hit some key dates and just, you know, while I'm at it from a Vancouver standpoint here, they get six of nine at home on Saturday nights, uh, the rest Friday nights. I think five out of their last eight are, are at home. They only got one back-to-back weekend, and they play in Calgary the night before and get to play at home the, the second night, so not, not a huge deal as far as having to deal with a back-to-back goes. And I think they got a pretty good looking schedule too. They do make one trip all the way to Halifax, um, but you know that that's kind of on everybody's list right now to make that trip and play in Halifax, anyways. Right yeah. now, it may, it may wear out, yeah. <laughs> you know, sooner than later after you do it a few times. But it's definitely on on the radar right now. So uh, bye weeks, they got you know a few too many bye weeks for my liking early in the season. Not not enough kind of space. Well, out you know what the problem with that this year is. 
both Christmas and New Year's fall on the weekends. So that's why there's all those by there's a full league yeah, by just week, I believe. On one of that, those and just like it. Well, it is really and it is. I mean, you know, we get going, get a few games in, a couple weeks off, crank it up again, and and then go. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. So key kind of key dates here. Thir- December third, uh, obviously, is when the season begins. That's Vancouver and San Diego. Bunch of games going on that night. I think six of them, and uh, all the rest are in the East. What else do we got here, Jamie? Uh, Vancouver heading to Fort Worth the following week. You can probably circle down Toronto at Vancouver for a definite TSN game of the week. Uh, that schedule is yet to be determined, but for, for the Canadian listeners, like expect at least one Canadian team to be involved in, with that at a minimum, even more so if you can find a Canadian head-to-head matchup during that week you can probably circle that in you know some semi-permanent pen that that will be the game of the week that week but and that news will be coming in pretty short order i would say jamie hey yeah i don't know how close they are to that uh announcing all that stuff i'm sure they're figuring it out behind the scenes to, at getting to that point but uh yeah not not to say pretty sure definitely be a canadian team involved in every game at the game of the week um and that I, you know, it's all based on schedule and this and that. But obviously, if they have an opportunity to put two Canadian teams on versus each other, you know, I'm sure they're going to do that. So uh, that's exciting for sure from that standpoint. Low rivalry weekend on the 11th. Calgary at Sask. Buffalo at Rochester. Uh, the first of three matchups between those teams. I'll look forward to this one on the 17th of December, Jamie. San Diego at Calgary as the MVP and 13-year roughneck Dane Doby makes his return to the Saddle Dome. That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, first game in Albany goes down on the 18th of December. Looking forward to watching that. Of course, uh, Thompson Brothers are in Albany later on in March. So if you want to check out all those details, you can do so via NLL.com. And the full schedule and, and all those kind of key dates are up there ready for you to have a look at. Uh, you got anybody left to, to get under contract before camp, Jamie, or are you all set there? Um, I think I'm all all set. Really, um, a few things hanging out there, but I think I think we're pretty set here. Deal, I want dealing with agents. Where do you come out on <laughs> dealing with? You're chuckling already, so I have a I have an idea. Do you think they're a necessary evil in our league? Like, I mean, pro no. athletes, no, have them, but we're not. I, are we there to the point where guys should be paying other guys to do their no, negotiations? No, no, these guys should not. These guys should not be paying an agent any money to get their contract done because the reality is uh, they can tell you whatever they want, but I'm going to give you the exact same money whether you got an agent or not, and that's just how I work. So, um, you know, and listen, I understand my situation. It's a little different than other owners and other GMs and whatever, being the owner, being the GM, and being involved in the team on a day-to-day basis. I have relationships with my players. I negotiate the contracts with my players. Um, I believe I treat them all fairly, and I'm pretty well an open book with them. So, 
you know, I don't know if that's why they've never felt the need to get an agent. Um, you know, the one time or two I've dealt with an agent, it's kind of caused problems. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, if a player's got an agent, then, you know, I'm supposed to deal with the agent and, and that's how it works. But, you know, for the most so like, part, no, you're I, saying I, a lot of your guys just don't even have one. No, most no, not like I probably have, uh, I got less than five guys on my, my team that have agents, okay. less than five. Um, well, what about this? Like, how do you, I know you signed child to like a mega multi-year deal, but like, how do you decide how many years you want to sign a guy for, whether it's one, two, three, or seven? Well, listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you sign them for because they're not guaranteed contracts. That's just the way our league works. So I signed Challenge to a seven-year contract. But if you, you know, axed his contract, te- te- you're, you're not obligated to pay him out that seven years. Is, is what no, you're I, I could. Not I that could you're doing that. He, no, exactly. But but on the you know so on the flip side of it, well, I'm not contractually obligated to that seven years. You know, on the flip side of it, what the player gets out of it, you know, I'm also not going to go back to him in the next seven years and ask him to take less or anything like that. You know, maybe, you know, if their game follows, you sign him, you know, so to me, I sign him while I'm not contractually obligated on the hook and it's not a guaranteed contract. You know, when I sign him to that seven year contract, both of us plan on fulfilling that contract. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not signing them on that, not to, not to, to follow it through. So where, where do you, you come know, out on the stance? If a guy signs, say like a four year deal and he has a heck of a three year run and comes back to you and says, okay, like let's, let's change this up here for year number four. Are you, are you flat against Like you just say, no, no, like you're, well, you use that scenario. A guy has three good years. Of a four, he's a four years deal, and he's three years in, and his third year's just off the charts. Yeah, um, you know, to me, it's about negotiating the next. You know, that that'll help towards the next deal. I mean, listen, this league isn't about money. If you're playing in this league for money, you're in the wrong league. Plain and simple. So, you know, it's it's to me it's like that that just goes to help you in in, in your next contract and situation and and listen all, all situations are different you got to keep your and i think we all want to get to a point and, jamie where it, it it could become about the money for for not only players but owners as well like that's kind of the road that we want to go down eventually isn't it not yeah that's a long road man well yeah um, i get that I, you know just think to think about getting into that situation but listen man you know my philosophy is um there's rules there's rules as far as salaries your luxury tax things like this we i need to abide by them and you know at the same time i need to be able to look every one of my guys in the in the eyes and and tell them that i believe they're getting treated fairly within within a system and explain my position you know they either accept it or they don't and and they choose to go a different direction and and that's that's basically how it works in toronto here um you know different in every place but that's how we do it and and you know i like to think i like to think i'm doing a pretty good job at it and it's tough don't get me wrong 
it's not fun telling a guy, you know, you can't get as much as you think you're worth or this and that, but you know, it's all about managing a cap and managing a number and being fair to each and every one of your players, whether they're your highest paid guy or your lowest paid guy. If, if, if everything's the way it should be, then, you know, is what it is. Fair enough. Uh, I wanted to get into some. And one thing, hey, listen, one thing I'll take, you know, not to cut you off. But no, no, like, it's fine. You know, it goes back to T, man. And, and, you know, like I said, everyone wants their money and whatever. But, you know, this game isn't about money. And, you know, if ultimately that's the deciding factor for someone. I'm not sure they're the right guy, you know, at least for the Toronto Rock. Um because to me, there's more to it than that. Well, um, I think you've done pretty well in that department myself, Jamie. And uh, you'll see that translated into some uh, lacrosse flash preseason power rankings that will be will be coming out. So keep your eyes peeled for, for the Lax Flash Boys uh, and their power rankings come out. Time Arrow. Getting it done uh, in that regard. I'm not sure when that's going to come out, but it'll be coming out, and we'll kind of keep that going throughout the season, which is always so subjective. And like, people get so bent and fired up about power rank. I think it's kind of funny. Like, it's so subjective that hey, put me put me 14th, and and we'll start at 14, (laughs) and we'll just fight. You know, I don't care where you put me in a power rank. Okay, well that's I care about. You're going to be high in my books. That's all. Well, listen, that's good. I mean, hey, you know what my expectations are around here. So, you know, to me, it's all about, I get it. It's part of the game. It's fun to go along and do all that stuff. For me, it's about who's the last team standing come the end of, you know, the beginning of June or whenever that is. There's only one and, week that and, matters in the power rankings. That's the last week. Uh, that's that's the only one that matters to me, buddy. There you the go. end of the year, after the championship <laughs> game, that's when I want to be number one in the power rankings. Fair enough. Uh, that is it for the big focus. The big focus brought to you by... The National Lacrosse League. Uh, you can always stay up to date with all the news and notes right here on Lacrosse Classified. But to double down on your information center highway, uh, sign up for the NLL newsletter. I've done this a couple times. I got two different emails signed up to the NLL newsletter, so I never make sure I miss this. Get breaking news, information all around your favorite teams and players, uh, other unique content directly into your mailbox from the NLL. Go to NLL.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and sign up now. You will not regret it. Uh, quarter number one is in the books. We're going to quarter number two. Lacrosse the Nation with John Lentz talking Edmonton box lacrosse next here on Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Randy Stodge, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the second quarter of EP 152. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick with you. And we're not going to waste any time here, Jamie. It's time to head across the nation. So uh, out onto the tarmac we go. The gate has been opened. Hop on the jet. We're going across the nation. Lacrosse. 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 
have touchdown in Alberta, and to be more specific, Edmonton, Alberta for Lacrosse the Nation this week as uh, we have onto the podcast. Johnny, I think you did Stealth Classified, but I'm pretty sure you've never been on Lacrosse Classified. So welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, good to run you down and, and good to have you on to talk some Edmonton Lacrosse. How are you? Doing really well. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And and uh, before we get started, I just want to say congratulations on the uh, the new gig with the Warriors. Oh, thank you. I know uh, I know you've gone uh, go back a ways in the Lower Mainland, but I can't picture uh, a lacrosse in the Lower Mainland without you. So it's uh, that's a that's a good pick. So congratulations. I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, good. To, uh, we talked a little bit about that off the top, and it's uh, it's good to be home. Feels right, and and more than happy to. To make my return to Vancouver, uh, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, I know you're you're doing some teaching and stuff right now, but uh, getting in, getting ready for for the upcoming season. Uh, how you feeling? Good. I feel really good. This is like my busiest uh, time of the year, almost. Like I'm doing uh, training camp stuff, obviously uh, training, getting ready for the year, but I'm also uh, teaching full time, and I, I'm uh, believe it or not, I'm coaching volleyball right now, oh. which is. Uh, is a way bigger commitment than it sounds like. It's like five five uh, nights a week. So I don't think I'm, people uh, realize how technical volleyball is. Like they th- they kind of see like okay, bump set spike, but the rotations and the, the blocking schemes and the the setups, the fakes and the short set. Like there is a lot of stuff to volleyball. Yeah, and it you know what it kind of reminds me of lacrosse. I think the reason I'm drawn to it because I never played volleyball growing up. So the, I think the reason I got drawn to it is like you know you have your offensive piece and you have your defensive piece, but I think a lot of volleyball is one in transition, right? It's like how fast can you transition from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I've I've really uh, enjoyed it. I think coming from a lacrosse background, the one thing I ran into uh, switching over to volleyball, like volleyball is very intense when it comes to how you're able to communicate to an official or a referee, uh, which coming from a lacrosse background was a, it was a tough, tough transition. I got a lot of (laughs) yellow, red, (laughs) they were were giving me colors of cards that I don't think they had ever given before. So I, yeah, I finally kind of settled in, but I, yeah, I enjoy the volleyball. Well, we'll uh, we'll maybe have to start start a volleyball podcast uh, in the near future. <laughs> this is the uh, lacrosse yeah. podcast, and I don't know if I've ever asked you, John, how you got how you first found a, a lacrosse stick in your hands. Uh, so I was like most uh, kids out this way. I was a hockey player, and uh, the uh, family that I uh, kind of a famous lacrosse family out here, the Cornfields. Mm. Uh, I played played. Uh, uh, hockey minor hockey with Graydon Cornfield and I was a hockey player that took a lot of penalties and was really aggressive and so his dad said you know I, I think we have the summer sport for you uh, and that's kind of how I got started and I played minor lacrosse for the uh, for the South Edmonton Warriors which is where uh, Jordan Cornfield uh, Graydon's older brother who played for the the Rush and the Mammoth and then Jamie Shuchuk uh, also played with the Warriors um, but it was just kind of like lacrosse was honestly, for me, it was like my third or fourth sport. Most of the time growing up, I didn't start taking it seriously really until, until we met, uh, when I moved out to play for Coquitlam when I was, whatever that was 19 or 20. So yeah, what, two, year 2002, maybe something like that. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but you mentioned West Edmonton, like how many different minor or like teams are within an area so like uh say like a, a peewee a team there or a peewee b team how many different teams are they getting to play what are the regions around the edmonton area so edmonton itself like when i was coming up had uh, had probably four or five big minor programs um and that's expanded like a lot of the rural places around edmonton now have teams 
Um, the, the numbers themselves in Edmonton, I think like at least the Edmonton area have dropped a little bit since I was in minor. Uh, and like in some cases pretty dramatically. And I think like some of that is to do with COVID and that sort of thing. But, sure. um, even before COVID we were seeing numbers drop in the urban center and we're just kind of like they're, they're rising because we're getting, uh, new teams in a lot of the smaller cities. Um, so it's been kind so of a weird dynamic. spread right? out a little bit, right? Like uh, the numbers yeah. aren't essentially dropping. They're just spreading out further. Exactly. Yeah. So I, like I played, uh, uh, for the South Edmonton Warriors and they, they had, um, I think nine or 10 peewee teams by the time I left, uh, wow. minor and which is like a crazy big, it's a big organization. Like that's almost like, uh, yeah. Whitlam yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's dropped now to like where they probably have two or three. Um, but like I said, there's, there's like kind of five or six big organizations in the Edmonton area. And, and, um, you know, a lot of that is guys like me when I was growing up, whether it's hockey players during the winter and then guys that play lacrosse during the summer. So, and you were kind of like one of the, I want to say first kind of guys to, to leave Alberta and, and maybe not one of the first, but one of the pioneers, I would say to, to leave Alberta and, and come play junior A lacrosse in, in BC. You mentioned Jamie Shuchuk, Jimmy Quinlan, I think about Blaine Manning, uh, some other guys from that area that decided like, I want to try and take my game to the next level. And, and that's really because the opportunity to do that in Alberta at that time just really wasn't there competition wise, but that has all really changed. Has it not? Yeah, correct. I mean, like, so when I went out to kind of a f- funny story, like when I went out to BC, when I, uh, give Cam Pinkney a little shout out uh, in there as well. Should we not? Yeah, absolutely. From <laughs> Calgary. Uh, and your listeners may not know, like Jake, you, Jake was my, uh, my first junior a coach. And so when I went out to try out for you guys, uh, I had no idea like Coquitlam, I, I didn't know the lower mainland at all. There was a rule at the time in Alberta where, um, sorry, I'm just getting buzzers going off in my good. school here. There was a rule at the time in Alberta where there was a penalty or a fine if you were caught uh, uh, recruiting players out of province. And so my best friend, uh, Graydon, who I mentioned off the top, he was uh, playing for, had played for New West the summer before. He had gone out and played a year for New West. Right. And so I had promised him, like, and I knew almost nothing about it. Like I said, I wasn't taking lacrosse super seriously at the time. Uh, I had promised him that if he made a team out in BC, I'd go try out the year after. And so I was kind of looking at it and I'm like, well, I, I thought like, there's no way I'm going to make Burnaby. I, I knew about Burnaby because they had been out here from a Minto the, the year before. And I thought I was asking him like, well, what's close to new Westminster. And so he's like, well, Coquitlam's right next door. Like it's a 15 minute drive. And so literally like I came to try out for Coquitlam and I, I messaged uh, Ken Wood was the GM at the time just because the proximity, I was like, Oh, it's, it's right next door to the U S I'll go try out there. So that's how I wound up in Coquitlam. But, um, yeah, lacrosse in, in Alberta has obviously come a long ways since those days. Like we, uh, our junior eight, uh, division has become pretty competitive. You know, we've had some success at Mintos, especially the, uh, the Calgary teams have, uh, you know, we've struggled, I think in Edmonton with a lot of infighting in, uh, in the junior division, a lot of struggle over, you know, who's going to coach, which team, you know, can we get, junior a players to play junior a instead of uh spread out over you know a couple junior a teams and a bunch of junior b teams and so uh you know we've we've been putting in a lot of work to try to get it going in the right direction and i felt like we uh we've made a big push to do that with the uh with the minors junior a this summer so we're really proud of the effort tell me about this john because like for for a while there it was like the blues and the minors just kind of toiled in in the basement of of junior a lacrosse in alberta 
And you got you got to be some kind of disappointed that there was no Minto, Minto played this year because, like, you literally went from the outhouse to the penthouse and did it undefeated. Like, how did this uh, – did the combining of two teams make that big of a difference? I think the coaching staff, obviously, you guys put in place. But tell me how you, you made this miraculous turnaround with, with that group last year. Well, so, like, when I came out and tried out in Coquitlam, I was pretty amazed because um... – you show up and there's like one tryout, you know, it's Coquitlam's junior tryout. And that's like their, at the time it was their intermediate, their junior B, their junior A, like everybody goes to their tryout. And so in Alberta, especially in Edmonton, by contrast, like the junior B teams can open up their camp before the junior A teams do if they want to. And they have no affiliation between the two teams. Hmm. Right. So like most of the junior B teams are, are guys like me who are really competitive. And so they have no real vested interest in how the junior A team does. So when there was two teams, like it's not really a, a difference whether it's two teams or one team. It was just a lot of where the junior B teams were out recruiting the junior A teams, like by a wide margin. Like I, I went to a junior A minors trout a few years back and there was like 15 kids at it. Um, why do you think that, that is, that, John? Like, why is that? Yeah, just because they were rec- the recruiting harder? Like, Yeah, recruiting harder, making promises, getting in kids' ears, making them promises. You know, you're going to be the captain. You're going to go to a Founders Cup. You're going to, you know, all these kind of things that are that are in guys' ears. And so, you know, I think uh, we kind of got everyone on the same page in terms of the coaching staff, and we had an unreal coaching staff that was easy to sell to to younger kids. Like King Ball, Ryan Dilks, yourself. uh, Who else is part of that? Was that Richard Lachlan, who everyone go, yeah. loves being around, and then uh, Ben Snyder, who's who's uh, played on the minors for yeah. a long time and done yeah. some stuff with Team Ireland. So between all those guys, it was an it was an easier sell, and we just honestly just put in the work. Like we started calling kids really early, and we're all over them. You know, come to our tryout. We want you to be part of this. And uh, when we got everyone on the same page, I mean, the the, the results kind of spoke for themselves. It was uh, it was a pretty special turnaround, as you mentioned. So it was good, it was good to see. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you jump in here, Jamie. But I just kind of want to transition that into the success that St. Albert has had at the senior level. And I don't know if you've ever seen the minors play or not, Jamie, in Presidents Cup or whatever. But they they are essentially good enough to beat an MSL team or a WLA team. They're they're that good. They're that well run, and it's one of the best programs I've ever seen. And and what was it, John? Three straight Presidents Cups, which. I like, has that ever even been done before? Yeah. I think I was told once by the, like the Fergus Thistles or one of those okay. teams way back when. But, so just, um, you, you mentioned the Cornfield brothers and, and I want to talk about the jerseys that you guys did up this year as well. But you know, it, it really starts at the top with, with those two guys and the way they run the organization. And it's just like a place that guys like yourself and others want to go play for. And, and ultimately that leads into success. Yeah. And so like, I actually started playing for the minors a long, long time ago. Like even before I went back and made a couple of man cup runs with Langley and, and at the time we kind of had uh, a choice. Uh, so, and I'm, when I say we, I'm talking about myself and Graydon, we were coming back from playing WLA and there was the outlaws and there was the slash and then there was the minors were the, the worst team out of the three. They had the worst record. And uh, when we were looking at, at, um, options to go to we kind of looked at it and we said well the the minors are the only one where like the the players don't really run the organization if that makes sense mm-hmm. like at, at the senior b level you get a lot of where uh you know this guy that's on the power play is also kind of running the team and and he makes decisions based on who his friends are and, and whatever and whatever and so we kind of looked at it and said well if we can go to the minors and make sure that they have a coach and a gm that are separate from the players and run it like our theory was well if we run it like a senior a team 
you know, like, uh, like expect that level of commitment, uh, have a separated uh, staff uh, and, and don't run it like kind of like the boys club that will be able to become pretty competitive pretty quick. And, and uh, you know, we had a pretty like uh, patchwork lineup the first year. Like I remember we played is the only team I've ever done this, but we've played, we played a box in one defense uh, because we just didn't have enough <laughs> like in senior B quality defenders to actually play man on man. Um, but we've just kind of built it up from there. And, and so the other piece of that has been, I mean, it's a recruiting piece. It's uh, making sure that we have a, a clearly defined coaching and management. And the other big piece of that is just guys that are kind of at the top of our team uh, are, are some of the guys that work the hardest. You know, we've had, you know, Keegan Ball and, and Richard Lachlan and Ryan Dillocks and Josh Sullivan and some of these names on our roster, but they're guys that are at almost every practice that are outworking guys when they're at practice. And, and at the senior B level, when, when your top players have that kind of commitment, it, it kind of all goes from there. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty special to be part of, but I mean, Jordan is, uh, Jordan Cornfield that is, is the biggest driver. He's the guy that puts, uh, in all the work. So definitely all, a, a lot of the credit goes to him. Yeah. And tell me about the, the jerseys. He was nice enough to, to gift me one of these things. And it's like literally my, my favorite thing ever um, with the truth and reconciliation and every child matters. And, and I, you know, it's, it's not hard to figure out where the idea came from, but the guys at extreme threads and Jordan came up with this design and are these things still available to, to bid on? Um, and if so, how do, how do people go about doing that? Um, not to bid, but, uh, if they want to contact, uh, Jordan Cornfield, maybe I can, I can give you his contact information sure. so they can go sure. take a peek after. Um, but I think he's putting in a third order now of the, for these jerseys, um, because there's been such a demand for them. Yeah. Um, but obviously a pretty special project. I mean, we, we, so there was all the, um, uh, information with the truth and reconciliation coming after the summer we had with every child matters. And, uh, and we also, our team moved from, we had traditionally played in St. Albert and we moved to Enoch, which is a, a reserve just west of Edmonton. So we played out of Enoch this year. And for us, it was kind of a no brainer. Like we wanted to, to uh, look for some ways to connect with the community there. And also you had this wave of support for, you know, thinking about the impact of residential schools and the impact that it still has, which is, which is very, very real in our communities. You know, I teach at a school in the West End where we get a lot of students from Enoch and uh, and these are families where, you know, the parents or the grandparents are residential school survivors. And uh, and you see the impact it has on the families and the struggles that they deal with on a day to day and week to week basis. And so for us to be able to put something together like this and for Jordan to be able to, um, you know, put together this design, which the jerseys themselves are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty uh, a special occasion and, and uh, pretty cool that we got to honor the community in that way. So I was really, really proud to be a part of it. I know I've been dominating Jamie Dowick. Uh, you got something here for Johnny Lynn? We think it has something ready to go. I'm just listening. I'm interested. I'm not, you know, I'm not too familiar with the Alberta lacrosse scene. Know, know a little bit what's going on in Calgary. Uh, you know, very close with Blaine Manning, Johnny Harrison, both from Sherwood Park there. Uh, you know, some great lacrosse players come out of Alberta. And, and it is great to see... Um, you know, it is great to see those those provinces, you know, advance. And tell me something. Do you think the rush leaving there, like I know it had a positive impact on Saskatchewan or Saskatoon. Do you, do you think that hurt? I mean, you're saying the Edmonton numbers down in the city. Do you think that's related to the fact that they lost the NLL team or that doesn't really have an impact on that as far as uh, the kids playing? 
You uh, you give Blaine Manning a hard time for me next time you see him because I'll tell you what happened with me and him. I uh, I love I was, it. I love I it. I was I was playing against him in a game in in Toronto, and it was probably honest to God, Jamie. It was probably like the ninth time I played against him, and he was I was covering him, and he was looking at me. It was during like a TV timeout or something, and he went, he goes, uh, "Hey, are you from Edmonton?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, man, like I've played against you. I didn't say this, but I'm like, yeah, I'm from Edmonton. Like, but I probably played against him eight or nine times by then. And uh, he goes, yeah, I'm from Edmonton. I'm like, and I was kind of yeah. like, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I, you know, I grew up watching you, man. Like, yeah. Uh, and then the shift after, Colin Bill cross-checked me so hard in the face that my tooth went through my lip. So oh. there's a. You can give uh, you can give Blaine Manning a, oh, a hard yeah, time. Both for me. of them. How about some yeah, of the, exactly. the the kind of the OGs? Like I know you know former belly great Todd Lorenz made his way back there and had a big impact on on that scene. But I think about the guys like uh, Jamie Bowen and, and Johnny Kilbride and, and Jason Wolder, kind of the guys that that paved the way there in Alberta a little bit for for maybe guys like yourself to look up to, like like a Blaine Manning as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, Jamie asked me about the rush leaving and yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it sorry, definitely, yeah, my bad. definitely, definitely had an impact on the, the community here. And, um, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when we come out of, and hopefully we come out of COVID and, uh, and see what the numbers are when we return. But, but certainly I think, uh, the Edmonton community has kind of struggled with that a little bit. Any community that has a professional team to look up to is going to benefit from that numbers wise. And even just in having professional players in the community that are teaching and coaching. And so, uh, yeah, I think Edmontonian lacrosse fans, especially are hopeful that we have a return. It's, come back. it's coming back, John. It's coming back. So, yeah, I hope so too. Jamie, so, tell me it's coming back to Edmonton. I, I think uh, Edmonton's definitely, definitely, uh, a desired location for the NOL to return to. I mean, they have an unbelievable arena now. Uh, and I believe they're on a somewhat short list uh, and they have some interest as well. So we need another Western team. Uh, I'm all for another Western Canadian team. Like that might be my number one choice for a place to uh, oh, just an all fancy. You get the nationwide Vancouver, Edmonton, Cal- going right across the country. You get Winnipeg. Listen, in there. it was great, man. We played. So we played in that championship game there um, when they won just before they moved. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like the place was sold out. It was and I know that wasn't the norm, and I know Bruce lost his shirt being there at the time. And, you know, that's more complicated with arena deals and this and that. But, you know, Edmonton's a great city. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I loved going there. I missed it since Former we City of and Champions, right, John? Former City of Champions. It's been a while. Easy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's next? Maybe you uh, got the uh, yet. What's next? Maybe the Elks can win something. Oh, Isn't well, that what they're called now? Yeah, the Elks. Yeah. The Elks are the Elks are awful. I don't watch a lot of CFL. I know that much though. They're having a tough year. Uh, well, what's next for for the Edmonton box lacrosse scene, John? Like, uh, where do you want to where do you want to see things go for for those guys? Is it? I mean, essentially, I would think Minto Cup is is obviously the ultimate goal. But and and it's getting closer every year. Like. But it doesn't happen overnight. So what what's next for Edmonton in, in the box lacrosse scene? Yeah, I think and you mentioned a couple of the the names like um, 
you mentioned Todd Lorenz, who kind of built up the foundation for us junior A wise. And you mentioned uh, Jamie Bowen, who who his one son uh, Jake plays for our junior A team, and okay. then uh, he's got another another one, Luke, that's coming up. That's that was our first overall pick in the midget draft last year. Man, Jamie. Was um, good. So these, I mean, they, all these names still have a huge impact on what's going on with lacrosse in uh, in Alberta. But yeah, for us, I mean, our junior A team, the one that that had so much success this year, like we we're mostly second and third year. Uh, juniors so we hope to have this group back for kind of two or three more years uh, the bulk of our team is coming back I think we lose uh, uh, two, three players on a goalie or two players on a goalie or something like that so um, we should be pretty strong going forward and so you know um, for Alberta teams it's always a little tricky like if you're making a run in Ontario or if you're making a run in BC you kind of have your core and then you try to pick up a couple pieces mm -hmm. from teams that are struggling but in a four-team league like no everyone's in the playoffs so no one really wants to give anything up so for us it's going to be kind of taking that core group and then maybe trying to add a couple pieces from out of province and then yeah absolutely our, our goals are big like we want to go to Minto but we don't want to just go there we, we'd like to compete so um, that's what kind of what we're building towards. Absolutely. Well, last, uh, one here for you, John Lance, and, and I know it's kind of a province wide sort of thing. I know some changes at, at the ALA with Lisa Grant stepping out and, um, some new positions available. I don't know if like you've ever had the desire to, to be involved in, in like an executive role at, at the provincial level, but do you know kind of where, or, or what the vision is, uh, for the ALA and, and, and what they're all about right now? You know, honestly, I don't have a ton for you that way. Like I, I knew that Lisa stepped down and, uh, and obviously she put in a ton of work for our province over the last number of years. Um, we haven't had a lot of change between her and, uh, we have a lady named Donna Hagstrom who runs things in, in minor lacrosse in Edmonton. There's not been a lot of change, like as uh, honestly, going back as far as I can remember in Alberta. So you think there needs um, to be some John? Yeah, well, like while I appreciate the contributions of both those ladies, they, they're are doing and have done an awesome job here. I think it's probably uh, you know time. I think it's time for some fresh ideas and for some uh, some a shift that way. So myself, like I have a pretty good gig, uh, you know, teaching and playing and and uh, coaching and doing all these things. Um, and so I don't necessarily have a desire myself, but I know there's a ton of uh, really capable and talented people kicking around that that would. Uh, would take that thing and run with it. You know, I think of someone like, like a Jesse fair or some of these uh, names out of Calgary that have, have done awesome things with their programs uh, and wonder if they might have some interest or even like an Andrew McBride, but um, who I know has had uh, involvement with the ALA previously, yeah. but Schneider. So yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Alberta, and I know this isn't unique to Alberta, but we've, we've really have had, so much fighting between organizations and between coaches. I think the one thing that came out of the junior A division that's positive going forward is like the, the four coaches at least have an open dialogue. Oh, good. And we're all, com we're all competitive, but I think it makes want... a difference. Eh? Like when people are willing yeah. to communicate with each other. Yeah. And so much in the last <laughs> number of years, all I heard was like, uh, yeah, I hate that guy. Like, yeah. I'm not going to talk to him. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, who's that hurting really? And it, it usually ends up being the players. And so, I think uh, the more we can do in Alberta to kind of try to get along for the sake of the kids and the game and making sure that we drive numbers, like we just need more players. Uh, so whatever we can do to make that happen, I think uh, is something we need to work towards. So that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at out here. Well, hey, is my boy Stewie Stupart still involved out there? Oh yeah, Stewie, Stewie's still kicking around. He's he never does, going uh, anywhere, that guy. I met no. I met Stewie the first time I went to Edmonton when we played the Rush. Patty Campbell introduced me to, and I saw him every time we went back. What a beauty! Absolutely.
Oh, he's, uh, yeah, he's still doing the senior thing. He coaches junior. He's still doing stuff with Team Siberia. Uh, I was about to say Siberia. Serbia <laughs> once in a while. Same thing. You know what that is? I always used to make fun of Nick Billets for being from Siberia. Yeah. And it, just caught, it just caught me there. Yeah, so. the Sib- Siberian Eagle. I got you. Yeah, hey, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, great conversation. I, I want to wish you somewhat luck with with the Colorado Mammoth, but not too much, if you know what I'm saying there. Congrats on on, uh, the new Bambino, man. I didn't even get that in yet. Uh, Family man and and fatherhood is looking good on on you, so congrats there, and and thanks for doing this and everything that you do for for box lacrosse and lacrosse in general in in the province of uh, Alberta and in the city of Edmonton, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll catch up with you guys soon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, our pleasure, man. There you go, Jimmy. That was John Lintz. Uh, I, I've told this story before about John, but you know he came out like a greenhorn player out of Alberta, really no idea what he was getting himself into trying out in junior A. It took me about three practices to slap a letter on, on John and, and sign him to a card and said, like, I like I don't even know if he had said three words, but the way he worked in practice and set the example – I was like, this guy's a leader, and I want you to watch what he does and do what John Lintz does. And and it didn't take me long to to throw a letter on him because uh, he made that that fast of an impression on me that this kid was was a player. Well, that's cool. That uh, I mean, I didn't ask much there. I I don't know John very well. Well, now you um, do. I know I know he's been around the league a long time. Yeah. Um, and you know, always impressed with guys like same Blaine, Johnny Hart, these guys that you know, don't come from Ontario or BC and they go and follow their dream and, and they're very successful. So, so that was very informative to me. Sounds like a super dude and and doing a lot there in the Edmonton community um, with his fellow pros to, to develop the game and, you know, says all the right things. I loved hearing it. It was great to listen. Great, great, great interview. Right on. Appreciate it. Uh, Just so you know, here are the lacrosse, the nation cities that I've got all the stallions written down. I thought I better get lacrosse, the nation cities down here so I can keep track of this as well. So keep this in mind as it's your selection next week. And I've tried to keep this like balanced BC, Ontario, mid, you know, prairies, even down in the state. So, Orangeville, Rochester, New Westminster, Peterborough, Calgary, Maple Ridge, Denver, Whitby, Aquasasne, Oakville, Coquitlam, Mimico, and now Edmonton crossed off the list here. So uh, keep that in mind when you're making your selection. I, I You know where we got to go next week? Sixney, I think we got to go. Oh, my God. Are we on the same page? Say, we we got to go to six name. Yeah. We got to talk to Cody James. Okay, that's uh book it. One fifty three. Hopefully, Cody is up for that conversation, and and I love it because I think it's high time. Uh, we it have that, that convert, time. and and uh, no better guy to talk to than than Jammer when it comes to that. So look forward to that. Hopefully, we can run down eighty eight next week. Uh, we got to get the break, Jamie. It's halftime. Get your orange slices out, maybe a little Gatorade, and fuel up for quarter number three because quick sticks are coming up on Lax Glass back after this. Hey, lacrosse fans, this is Steve Deep Fryer. You're listening deeply to Lacrosse Classified, deeply growing the game, one podcast at a time. Welcome back. Second half action is a go here on Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick with you. And Quick Sticks are what we do in quarter number three. Jamie, I mentioned a lot of the, the key dates for... 
the schedule and and some you know marquee matchups and that sort of thing. Some other key dates to to kind of keep in mind here. October the 29th is when training camp opens and a, and a few teams are taking advantage right out of the gates on on the opening weekend. Uh, November 19th to 21st camps in October. 28th of November, rosters cut down to 21 players. December 3rd is week one. And then we get a little further into the calendar here. March 15th, the trade deadline, restricted free agency. Uh, March 18th, final rosters are due. April 15th, deadline for free street free agents. And August the 30th is the end of of the regular season. So just some key dates, maybe to pluck down in your calendar. So you don't forget, uh, I'll, I'll be doing that as well. Cause I always wonder like when it comes down to the trade, I'm always asking every, when's the trade deadline again? I can never remember. So I'm, I'm putting that down. Uh, this came across the, the newswire over the last week, Jamie, the junior, a Timberman, the professor, Glenn Clark was supposed to coach the Burnaby Lakers a couple years ago. COVID, Denied that from happening. He's taking it a step further, going all the way over to the island and taking uh, my boy Julian Kolb with them. Glenn Clark and Julian Kolb, new coaches of the Junior A Timberman, who arguably were the best Junior A team in BC last year, now have themselves a pro coach. This is good stuff here for Nanaimo. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know Clarky retired recently, and that was behind him going out to Burnaby for the summer. Now, Junior A, I mean, obviously, he's got a lot of experience and, um, you know, coaching for programs that probably, I'm not saying they haven't had it in the past, but he has a pretty good resume. Not uh, a his resume. Yeah, not a his a pretty good resume, and, and uh, that should, uh, you know, to me, that tells me more than anything that, uh, you know, they're maybe committed to changing a culture a little bit and winning by bringing in someone like that. So commitment, you know, right? I'd be, I, yeah, I'd be excited if I was uh, a, a little Timberman. A <laughs> little Timberman. I love it. Ex- I, I, I love it. The Timberman, like we tease Adam J about the Timberman all the time because he's a big boy yeah. that went to Timberman for senior lacrosse and went through some time yeah. trying times, but love the organization and, Wears their shirts and shorts all the time and hat, and we tease them. And you know, uh, they've come a long way, good, man. Like, there was a time where you know, nobody wanted to go play in Nanaimo. If they couldn't play in Vic, they weren't going to go play. That's all changed. And I think Caleb Toth's had a, a, a huge impact on that. And and now they're like, they're bona fide, man. How they're, far is Nanaimo from Vic? Like an hour, hour and a half top, so, something so, like that. So, like, come on, man. I mean, there's guys that. From St. Catharines to playing Coburn. I know. Like, that's uh, it's not three and a half, It's not the most drive. pleasant drive. Like, like, you got to go up over a mountain pass. But, I mean, it's, oh, it's summertime. Like, so, like, what are you Yeah, even? man. Yeah. I, I get the guys coming from the mainland. That's a little different. Yeah. But, like, to me, if you're from – I mean, I get if you're from Vic, you want to play for Vic. But, sure. like, shit, it doesn't work like that. Like, Not, not when you get to that level, it doesn't. No. Um, XLL, Jamie, week one in the books, uh, bears and Skyhawks now one and O Eagles and wolves. zero and one. So week two gets going tomorrow, Wednesday. Don't forget BC sports.tv. If you want to check out these games, what about the rock elite league? That's coming down the stretch. Is it not? Yeah, we're going, uh, well, the, for the pros you beat. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we were pretty close. I think like where there was no playoffs in that or anything like that. Uh, that wasn't what it was about. We had teams and we played, kept kept tallies. But it's about that time right now where everyone kind of says, you know, so long, and and we'll start to do our own thing here around the players. We'll start to get together as as a team, and you know, it's time to space from everyone. It's been great. Um, love having everyone here been an all-star cast but you know uh it's, it's getting it's close to, to get training camp fo- time right like and, yeah it's getting time to training camp and it's time to get our focus on and you know the guys take advantage of what they got here and uh you know like i said it's been great to have these guys around love having them around we'll do it again but it's uh i think they got one week left and and it's time to move on all right uh what else do i got here lax sav apology i i saw the nll sign an agreement with with this new apparel company that makes gloves and and some apparel and stuff originally named lacrosse savage and then rebranded themselves because they realized that that was a little insensitive or a lot insensitive to lax sav and not good enough uh according to Cody Jamison and, and others who would know much better than I, that this is still like good effort, but not good enough sort of thing. And, and they came out with an apology that, and I, and I love to see this, Jamie, like you do something wrong and, if, and even like it's unintentional, obviously, but then for them to admit like right off the bat, you know what, like we screwed this up. You're right. We're wrong. And we're going to make this Right. And kudos to Cody for speaking out and speaking up on this and instigating change, like immediate change. And this is what the truth and reconciliation movement is really all about, is speaking up when you see something wrong and sparking change. And if you're on the wrong side of something like this, recognizing that you're wrong, accepting that, and then making the right decision and making the change for the better. Yeah, give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, they did change. I think Lax One or something now is the name of the company. Okay, I haven't and seen that yet. Yeah. Yeah, so they've, cha- they've changed it again. And they've gotten right off, I believe, this. Uh, I think it's Lax One now. And, and and also give them the benefit of the doubt that, you know, they weren't, there was no ill intentions with that. and And... Yeah, I guess there was a little back and forth on Twitter. I wasn't really following it along, but at the end of the day, they probably made the right decision. Well, they did make the right decision. And yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, make a mistake, own it, and uh, move on because uh, in status quo, that's not a... No, this is the world we're living in now, man. So, um, and just to kind of add to it, the Every Child Matters movement, um, I don't know if it's a movement, but you know what I'm saying here. Uh, the NLL and, and every team in the National Lacrosse League has gotten on board with this, and rightly so, where they will wear a designed Every Child Matters helmet decal, and, and I love to see this. I agree. The decal will uh, be great. You know, the whole league coming together. And listen, um, we know how important uh, that, you know, the indigenous heritage is to our league and our game. And, you know, we should be at the forefront of supporting our, our, our stars and our friends and our players. And 
would all, all those things. And, and I think it's a good move. And I look forward to putting that detail on my helmet. Absolutely. A couple more quick sticks here in quarter number three. Uh, I want to send my well wishes to the sheriff. Uh, Commissioner Carl Christensen, who served as the commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League for, I want to say, the last decade, uh, announcing he is stepping down after, well, I think in November is going to be his kind of his last days. And listen, Carl me and Carl go way back uh, to not only our playing days, but went to school together and just were kind of the same age and have been around the game for the same amount of time. And, and I had a lot of conversations with Carl and, and man, he did some great work in his time as the commissioner of the BC junior league. And I don't think he's going anywhere. And sometimes being the commissioner can be a real thankless job and, and more of a headache than, than anything else. And I just, uh, I want to say thanks to Carl for everything that he's done for the BCJ over the last decade. And, and I wish him the best, uh, whatever is next for him. Uh, a couple more here, NLL 35 moments. This one coming back in 2006, April the 28th, the NLL averages over 10,000 fans per game across the league and surpassed the 1 million mark milestone at the Pepsi Center in the Western Division Final against Arizona. This is where we need to be across the league 14 times, and we'll surpass 1 million quite easily, Jamie. But this going down back in 06, NLL 35 moments. Yeah, I mean, let's just get them out there. They'll come back. We got to, you know, I think we just got to continue to do that. We're coming out of trying times, but. Uh, it's doable, you know. Our and, and listen, our, our product is great. Never and, better, uh, you know. Everyone that's listening to this podcast knows that, but you know. And I know we're share this podcast with somebody that doesn't know. There you go. That's the key. Um, the last quick stick I have here, Jamie, and and you you didn't see the show notes again because I didn't send them to you. <laughs> but uh, the last quick stick I have here is Rob McDougal. Uh, who who passed away over the, the course of the last few days. And he being an Oakville guy and you being an Oakville guy, I kind of wanted to leave this one for last and uh, just, I love. just let you speak thank on you. Rob McDougal before we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that slipped my mind to bring that up. I know a couple of days have passed, but um, I'm, I'm glad you're going to give me the, this opportunity to do this because Rob McDougal was a, was a real special person and, you know, I got involved in Oakville lacrosse probably about 15 years ago, and he's been around. You know, he was one of the first guys I ever saw, and his son had already finished playing. And, you know, he coached a team every year and, you know, didn't get paid and gave his time to the kids. And he had his own quirks and his own ways, but he was just about giving back to the kids. And, and I can honestly say, I, I don't think I've met one person that gave back more for nothing more than the pure satisfaction of that. And, you know, both of my kids, my younger two kids, Jake and Luke, uh, both had the, the privilege of playing for Rob for one year together. And, you know, it was a special year. And, and I know my boys were, were pretty choked up about this as, as the whole lacrosse community is, is around here. And, uh, sad man it's sad he's gonna be missed man but 
he's up there with, with all those other guys playing the big game. And, you know, he was just, you know, I, I can't say how enough about how much time that guy gave back and, and that's what he'll be, he'll be remembered for. And, he impacted guys like I hear Dawson talking about. Yeah, him. yeah. You know, the Dawson's forty years old. Like my kids are seventeen and eighteen, and I was talking to guys on the weekend who have kids that are ten, and every single one it was the same thing. And I'm like, see, this is like thirty years of a guy, you know, giving back, coach, not just coaching one team, doing clinics. You know, probably not getting paid most of the time and just doing it out of the, you know, pure of the game. And then all the stuff he did in the artwork and, you know, he, he did the original rock logo long before oh, I wow. was around. Wow. Uh, yes. He designed the original CN Tower rock logo and he just touched so many different things. And uh, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. It's, it's kind of made me feel a little emotional here because. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, another another good one gone too soon, and uh, I'll remember all the good times with Rob, and and remember all the things he did for for the lacrosse world, and you know that's how you that's how you carry these people's traditions on, and and let's talk about the good times and and remember that, and uh, you know think about his family and his grandson and and all those things right now 100 percent, and it didn't like it didn't take me too long to see like i'd never met rob but it didn't take me too long to see the impact that he had left on not only oakville lacrosse but ontario lacrosse as a whole like the amount of people that were commenting and and heartfelt messages and all the rest of it you could see the man clearly touched a, a, a lot of people so uh well said yeah, on well, that there man was a, there was an outpour and yeah uh, sure was a very very touched comments Absolutely. Jamie, let's uh, take one more break here as the third quarter action is now done. That means one more quarter to go. Stampede Stallion of the Week. And just as I say that, I realize that I did not talk about the Stampede Tack and Western Wear brand after Lacrosse the Nation. So I need to do that now. And what can I tell you? about Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Well, we talked a lot about the boots. We've talked a lot about Wrangler and them being Canada's largest dealer of Wrangler. Again, I just go back to this. Just do me a favor, and, and I say this all the time, but somehow I feel like people don't really take me seriously sometimes when I'm talking about this. Just get on stampede.ca and just start cruising around because... I, there's no way I can list all the different types of items that this store has. You think well, Western Wear, they just have like cowboy stuff. That's so far from the truth, it's not even funny. So just, this is my pitch this week. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Just get on the website. You don't have to buy it, no pressure. Just get on the website and check it out. Report back to me post-haste. Jamie, let's get to quarter four. Stampede Stallion coming up here, episode 152. Back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. 
Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back. Fourth quarter action is underway, which means no more breaks here on the podcast. Uh, big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support. Uh, I, I mentioned last week, Jamie, that I had to get into Danny a little bit about uh, going to Staples and picking up some boxes and labels and not not using the fine folks that are so. So we, we are, she was worried that that she wasn't going to be able. To, it was going to be too small of an order for for a large company like that um so she turned out to be half right uh, the boxes is one thing should they couldn't but we got the labels are our go here so so we're looking forward to this uh wheels are in motion for for some new labels for her for her beating her earring beating business so i'll keep you apprised i know you're you're super interested in that <laughs> but i had to she she was like listen you got to tell the people that that it wasn't that I didn't think about it. I just thought the order was going to be too small, and she ended up being half right. So uh, situation rectified there, Jamie. But a big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging at Associated LP, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and, of course, family-owned for over 40 years in Coquitlam. Before we uh, mount up and head for the stables here, Jamie, I want to let you know you can follow us in a variety of ways here at Lacrosse Classified. At Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, which hopefully will be back up and running by by then. Uh, big dark day on Instagram. People are freaking out. Facebook as well. we got a page there. Email lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Jamie Dowick is at Jay Dowick. I am at PXP, the number four sports. Uh, so lots of different ways to get a hold of us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and send down a review while you're at it, wherever you may be listening to this podcast at the current time. All right, Jamie, uh, hop aboard, saddle up. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. <laughs> Welcome to the to stables. We've reached uh, barn doors open. We've reached the Stampede Stables here, Jamie, and it's my selection this week. So you you told me to go somewhere down the middle as far as letting you guess who this stallion is this week, and uh, I'll try and do that. I'll try and do that for you. So um, first clue: an Eastern player that started his senior career. Out west. That's okay. That uh, like I. Uh, like, what kind of clue is that? I <laughs> with an Eastern player that that came out of junior that started his senior career in the West with the Victorious Shamrocks. How about that? That's a better. That's a better clue. Can you give me a bit of a timeline here? Okay, uh, this was 2011. Okay, 2011. That's just clue number one. This player also returned to the East to play senior lacrosse, winning Man Cup with the Peterborough Lakers. Okay. Yeah, this was this. I know who this is. You want you want to take a guess? Yeah. Okay. Sanders Suter. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was just gonna go with recently retired, and you would have gone yeah. like right away, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I wasn't gonna pass up the opportunity. To to have and be able to pick Andrew Suter because uh, 
I didn't want you to do it. I wanted to be the guy to pick Andrew Suter. Yeah, I know. Suits is your boys, both of our boys. Great pick. Keep going. So, yeah, Andrew Suter is this week's Stampede Stallion. Like, I, I, I don't even, do we need to look at stats and everything? Or does Suits no. just really epitomize what a stallion is all about here? Over 130 games, 10-year career, a bunch of different teams, but – I think it was all the intangibles that that really made Andrew Suter what he what he was or what he is. Absolutely, I mean, just uh, just to, just to, you know, like I said, one of the, one of my guys that never played for me that I would have loved to have played for just pulling the rock jersey because he just represents everything you want to be, and uh, I think a great pick. And you know, stats don't matter. The guy had a heart of a champion. He was a great teammate, and you know, longevity. Yes. Uh, awesome pick. Transition player of the year, uh, yeah. tough as nails, one of the best leaders in in the game, and uh, everybody's favorite teammate when when Andy Suter was on the floor. So, uh, congratulations again, Andy, on just uh, an incredible career, and welcome to the stable, brother. You are this week's Stampede Stallion of. The week, and of course, Jamie Stampede Stallion, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Did you, have you done it yet? Have We're you, cutting out there. Have, I was just asking you if you've if you've and got onto the website and bought. You know, I, I was honestly, I got real close today. Ah! I was bit, I was busy, and I'm like, he's gonna ask me again. I got to order these bunstones. and but I, I'm not gonna lie to you and say I did okay. because I know you'll check up on me, but. It, it's coming. Uh, you know, I'm the wife's going to love you for it. I'm telling week. you, get her a pair while you're at it. And then you can be that couple where you're like, go out for walks with matching Blundstone. Yeah, I don't know if we're that couple. <laughs> Did you also know that Stampede carries a wide selection of hoodies, jackets, T-shirts, overalls, toques, beanies? You name it, they got it. Stampede Tack out there in Cloverdale since 1966. Or you can shop online where it's still shopping local, stampede.ca. And uh, that is going to wrap up another episode or a class, if you will, of Lacrosse Classified, Jamie. You're coming back next week. We're getting closer to training camp each and every episode. I'm getting fired up to start talking about some games and live action. I know you are as well, so we'll do this again next week. Thanks for doing this. Thanks to, to John Lintz for coming on the program. Thanks to our sponsor, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, the NLL, and, of course, associated labels and packaging. Thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Lax Glass each and every week right here on the home of it, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Jamie Dowick, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.